welcome to the Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Steroids Podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Now, for the first time in bodybuilding history, you have someone with no corporate interests and no obligation to please anyone, not walking on eggshells to not offend. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the information, the whole information, the whole truth, not a full truth and a half-truth. Full truth. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the keys to the Lamborghini, gives you the information, and lets you decide what to do with it. It's a crime this information has been suppressed this long. Now let's get on with the podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of the Bodybuilding Podcast. And we got a guest, special guest episode, Jackson, from uh, Instagram. Thanks for having me on, brother. Um, I've listened to your podcast for, I think, a couple of years now, and I, I love the man, and I'm excited to come on here and share my experience with uh, PEDs and, yeah, all of that. Man, the PED scene in Australia, where you're from, seems to be huge. There's, there seems to be a, a huge demand for guys to be on gear. Yeah, man, it's... um. I don't, I don't know where it came from, but um, honestly, nearly every, nearly every single person, you know, between 20 to 30 kind of thing in a gym mm. is on steroids or has tried steroids in the fitness industry. It's that common these days. That's, that's wild because, I mean, 10 years ago, uh, it wasn't even mentionable if you were on steroids. <laughs> I know it's it's really blown out of proportion and I think it's been I think it's a lack of people wanting to first of all knowledge which is why I want to get on here and talk and I love what you're doing mm-hmm. also it is the fact that people don't want to put in the work these days they want quick easy fucking results you know what I mean yeah mm-hmm. uh, and that's just straight up yeah I I mean if you ask any of the guys that uh, you know the the average guy who consumes bodybuilding content on social media. If you ask him to do any hard work, like it's he almost will react like you slapped him in the face. <laughs> Literally, you tell someone to do cardio these days, and they they think you it's like you put in a gun to their head. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they they they're happy to to talk about the next crazy cycle they're going to do and you know, adding in the master on to make them hard and dry and ripped. And it's like, motherfucker, have you ever used master on? I'm sure you know, because uh, you seem to like the, the shredded, the super shredded look. That's what I, that's what I see you uh, on Instagram having that. And so I'm sure that you have experience with master on and know that if you don't have a super low body fat, that, that shit isn't making you look dry and hard and ripped at all. Right, 100%. If, if, if actually, if anything, if, if you're above, say, say you're above 12% body fat, mm-hmm. you know, which a lot of people are unless they're doing a show, um, 
Masteron literally, it probably won't even change your physique one bit. If anything, it's just going to cause added side effects, hair loss, and, um, you know, added stress to your prostate. Yes, that's the big thing with, with Masteron, isn't it? The prostate. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize it. It heavily affects it, like a lot. Uh, I remember the first time that I ever became aware of my prostate, I was in university and I, I was trying Mastron and Anthate and I was like, what the fuck? Uh, I, before that, I wasn't even aware that the organ existed. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you like it or not? I, I do, but I like it in low doses. Uh, these ones that have uh, really powerful side effects or mental effects, that's my preference with them now. Like uh, if if uh, the way that I think that trembolone is best used, the way that I think that mascarone is best used is like the propionate and acetate esters and like 50 Definitely. milligrams uh, every other day or, or something like that. Do a normal cycle and then a little dose of those uh, really potent uh, steroids un underneath to throw the cycle over the top. That's funny you say that. It's um, I, I agree. Like I, I think if you're going to use trembolone, I've always used short esters, even, you know, obviously I'm not on, on steroids now, but I got my best result off short esters. And I think they are the best to use. First of all, less water retention, easier to control side effects due to blood levels. Mm. And I think they just produce a better result um, than, than your, your enthanates. Yeah, that they seem to be like more bodybuilding focused uh, mentally and physically. It, it's a more punchy experience, isn't it? Yeah, but also what I found with experimenting through everything, um, I found that I had a lot better results. For example, this is for example. So a normal person would do test enthanate at say five hundred milligrams a week, mm. and they would do that all in either one shot on Monday or two shots, Monday and Friday, for example. Yeah. I found I got a lot, lot, lot better results. For example, doing 500, just, I'm just going to say the same. So it's equal 500 milligrams of test probe, but side injects side injection that like subcutaneously with the insulin um, pin every day. So my levels are stable. With uh, with testosterone propionate? No, no, just just in general. Like if you if you do frequent injections every day, mm -hmm. you get a lot better results, in my opinion, and it's absorbed a lot better. Oh, okay. Like like on, on just in, generally with any any steroids, any esters. I yeah. I if the only reason people don't do it is obviously the fact you have to you pin every day, but you get better results. You know, you know what? I, I would agree with that. And, and generally, I would say the guys that are really ex successful with bodybuilding, they like to take an injection every day. When they wake up in the morning, they're like, well, I got to take my, my daily steroids. They're, they're not going to miss that opportunity. Yeah. And you got to understand, most, most people that are really into it are using HGH anyway, which it's everyday injection anyway. So you may as well just put in the other steroids and do all your injections at once. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That, that's kind of a, a ritual. Because uh, if you're focusing on bodybuilding, people don't understand. Uh, sometimes people are talking about like really minimum uh, cycle that you can do, but bodybuilders don't have that mindset. 
when they're uh, when you're like really focused on like getting the the best results from your workouts, just like you wake up and you're like, okay, I gotta like take some steroids so that everything that I do, my workout, my food, uh, everything that happens today is optimized. Hundred percent. Not not only does it obviously work better, but even just psychological. Like you know yourself when you you go say you're about to do a big leg workout and you know that you drop a few anavars or a few anadrols an hour mm-hmm. before you train, even if it wasn't like there was nothing that made it more effective, just that psychological that you know you have like a, a short estor or an oral in before you train makes you train harder. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I do know what you mean. Cause almost like I'm not wasting that thing, even if I can't Yeah, it. <laughs> it, It's true though. Like you, add, you put some clenbuterol in, I know myself, if I was to put clenbuterol in, I'd be doing a lot of activity and cardio and watching my food as opposed to if I didn't. Like it makes you want to use the drug and make it more effective. How does that stuff make you feel, clenbuterol? For me, that's really mentally agitating. Uh, yeah, I think it depends on what you're like as a person before. I think any steroid, what you're like as a person will affect you in that way times two. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're an arrogant person before you get on steroids, you're probably going to be arrogant on them. But if you're a mellow person before steroids and you add steroids, you're probably still going to be mellow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I've 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 seen that too. It it seems almost like uh, they'll be more mellow, or or like if they're an introvert, more yeah. But clenbuterol, it's a it's a hit and a miss. It's obviously works. I think it is probably. You know, besides DMP, which is very dangerous, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think um, I think clenbuterol is the number one fat burning drug in the world right now. It is so good. Uh, what? How do you use it when you take it? Um, to be honest, man, I've always just done it first thing in the morning, fasted. I won't eat any food or have anything, you know, food wise within at least an hour of taking it. Um, I would just start at a low dose. So I would start at one tablet usually, which is 40 MCGs. Mm-hmm. And man, a lot of people can sit on that and get effective results. But, you know, if you're getting serious and your your body's adjusting to it, you would titrate up to maybe 80 milligrams in a few days or a week later. And then, you know, let it sit. And then you could go and add one more tablet to 120 MCGs, all fasted. But you don't really, that's the maximum I would ever tell anyone to go. But basically, take it first thing when you wake, take your fat burner, go out and do some cardio. And um, yeah, it, it's very effective. Obviously, you still have to be in a calorie deficit at the end of the day, though. Yeah. Uh, do you get any side effects from the clean? Yeah, the main side effect would be the the agitation and the shakes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, it also feel irritated when you say that agitation, you feel like not yeah, not like in a good mood. Yeah, you feel like you're you're on edge, like you're almost on, you know, crack. Like everything is just everything's happening at a fast pace, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> and the other side effect is uh, obviously cramping because yeah. it is pumping the heart more. Your you actually need to really watch your your fluid, your salt intake, and most importantly, the number one supplement to use 
while you're taking clenbuterol is taurine because it depletes your body of this. Mm -hmm. did, did that help you with the cramps a lot using the taurine with it? Abs absolutely. It nearly stops it if you use, if you use it. The, the location that I think is the worst with the clen cramps is uh, right under your chin, like uh, the your <laughs> muscle or your neck muscle, so, somewhere around there, it cramps a lot. Yeah, I've had those cramps. They're not fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so Clen, that's one of the that's one of the uh, fat burners that works really good for you. What about growth hormone? Well, I'm going to be honest, brother. I've never used it. It's the one drug I never used. Oh, very nice. So, man. Yeah, I just it's it's it it is a very good drug, um, but I think it is very misunderstood and overrated in terms of it takes a very long time to get results it's not just a quick fix what i've seen uh among the australian guys is that the prices that uh growth hormone all the peds there uh are more expensive than basically anywhere in the world and then the growth absolutely hormone is on another level like it, it you know guys are paying like a thousand dollars or something for a hundred i use yeah, most most people pay around nine hundred dollars for a hundred IU kit, and that kit is sometimes Chinese, so it's not even you know genotropin or yeah 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 that that's not that's not that's not cool you know that, that puts a big barrier to use on it. But you guys load up on the test and Anadrol and Deca and D ball. I see a lot of monsters from Australia, like when I'm in Thailand, especially uh, Phuket. That's where I see all the yeah. Australian guys. Well, that's that's where I started my journey back in Phuket. Um, literally would walk into the pharmacy and they'd open up a book and you just select what you want. <laughs> Is that where you took uh, steroids for the first time in Phuket? Yeah, yeah, that's where I got. Um, I stayed over there for eight months and um, I put on a lot of size in that eight months. Man, that's that's pretty interesting because I remember uh, being in Phuket and seeing Australian guys come over, and it would almost be like they were taking steroid vacations. Like they'd be there for maybe yep. three weeks or a month or six weeks, and it would be like to take steroids. <laughs> yeah, that's that's I've still got I've still got mates that go over, and they just literally go over to take cheap steroids, accessible, mm -hmm. um, eat cheap food, get massages daily, and train. There, there's some really good gyms there. When you were when you were in the in Phuket, uh, did you train? What kind of training split did you do? Yeah, I um, yeah, yeah. A lot of people go there just for the for the holiday and um, just to try and get big and live the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Is that how you first went over there? You were doing it for a bodybuilding trip yeah i just i i literally went over there um just to try and get as big as possible <laughs> awesome uh what kind of food works for you what with the steroids and the workouts and because it's all three at the same time i mean everybody that's experienced knows that that's when bodybuilding happens yeah um as in what did i eat or uh, just in general, for you, with, with uh, getting your physique and everything, what kind of food has worked for you? 
Man, just the typical foods. I think I think a lot of people overcomplicate it, and um, I think it just comes down to to whole foods. Uh, making sure you obviously hit your protein, enough carbohydrates to fuel your workout, and that's all that's needed. Mm-hmm. And the rest is just a little bit of fats. But what you need to realize is you don't need a lot of fats if you're injecting steroids or synthetic hormones like testosterone because the role of fats is hormonally so you don't actually need it that's why you see a lot of people on cycles that do a very high protein high Mm -hmm. carb low fat diet yeah uh that yeah that's that's the most common bodybuilding diet for sure especially for bulking yeah but you know a typical Typical day when I was, you know, serious. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think everyone has this breakfast, but I would always start with oatmeal, banana, blueberries, a scoop of protein powder, and a tablespoon of peanut butter, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then that's, I would go to my. Classic. It's classic, bro. A little bit of cinnamon. Cinnamon's really good for the the insulin sensitivity. That's that's like a. That's an easy one to forget right there. They throw a little bit of cinnamon. It's, it's almost oatmeal. like a cheap, cheap glucose disposal agent. Yeah, yeah. That insulin sensitivity is so important too to making everything work. Hundred percent, especially if you're having a lot of carbs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then you, and then basically after that, it would be the the same three meals. Kind of, I'd make the same three meals and have them throughout the day. And it would it would be you know usually chicken, lean beef mince, or some fish as the base. Mm-hmm. And then I would always do. I didn't like white rice. I would always do potatoes, uh, either normal potato or sweet potato. And then I would have a little bit of fibrous veggies or some type of salad, or just a tiny bit of fruit or something on the side for digestion. And micronutrients, micronutrients. And you would repeat that uh, like three or four times a day. Yeah, so that would lead me to about four meals a day, and then I would always have, um, always have like my my post workout shake with some simple carbs, and um, you know maybe a little bit of pineapple or a banana. Mm-hmm. It's always post workout, and then I would have a a big meal which was um, usually cereal, cereal post-workout um, because you need, you need that quick acting carbs with minimal fiber, minimal fat. So it goes straight, straight into the muscle. It is the most important meal of the day. And a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. And also uh, what you were saying, like, like cereal or something that is like a, almost like pre-digested it hits like really fast almost like uh like eating candy or something because that that insulin spike again you know we were talking about insulin sensitivity earlier and and getting that like a sugar feeling it feels like when you're on steroids uh and you're in that post-workout intra-workout phase uh you can actually use the bad food to get big but i don't i don't mean bad food but (laughs) you know it's different to eat like uh a potato or to eat the cereal at that time. There's a distinctly different feeling that, that you have. Yeah. hundred um, percent. And it feels it's right. Especially the, the cereal. Especially if you're using stuff like insulin 
and HGH and Trembolone and stuff that makes you absorb this food at a faster rate. Having something like, you know, uh, a massive bowl of cereal uh, with a little bit of honey and a scoop of protein powder, um, it's really an essential and a great post-workout meal. And it tastes good also. Yes. And that's the time when you can eat all that stuff too with no remorse. Load up on the... Absolutely. <laughs> Basically, yeah, so as that, much as that you can that would be my, my fifth meal. And then I would usually do like a, a bedtime meal, um, which would be more like a casein um, or like a, a casein with like maybe some oats again or some rice cakes um, and some fruit um, or like some cottage cheese or a Greek yogurt, something slow digestion, a lot mm -hmm. of protein, a little bit of carbs, and then, you know, some fats through – I, I like natural peanut butter. It's just, it tastes nice. It's good. And it's easy. That's a little yeah. theme with you. I can tell you really like peanut butter because that's the second time per day. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> just, you know, just typical, typical, a lot of good food, a lot of good whole food, a lot of water. And, um, you know, when you train very, very intense and, um, you know, that, that's, that's all you need. It, it's really as simple when you put it down to getting results. Yeah. I like, I liked that food list that you gave because that was like, everybody has basically heard that food list before because when we first learned about bodybuilding that yeah, that's kind of like the diet that you get was very similar to what you just now said. And that very simple, uh, very no nothing out of the, a different dimension or universe uh, diet is what you've used what's succeeded 100 percent, and that's what people people are trying to overcomplicate diets exercises cycles even and at the end of the day it, it's really simple even with your cycles and your training just the basics work do you know what i mean mm -hmm. it, you don't need to try overcomplicate anything and then obviously if you're trying to get leaner it's very simple. You might take out a little bit of sweet potato, a little bit of oatmeal in each meal. And then maybe you might add in 20 minutes of cardio, you know what I mean? Post-workout. Mm -hmm. And then on the same end, if you want to gain a little bit more size, you might add in a little bit more denser carbs. Like you might add in a bit of honey or some coconut oil with each meal and decrease your steps or your cardio a bit and lift a little bit heavier. It's just simple. That's pretty uh, like measurable and uh, like a scientific method that you're following there where you, you're kind of like putting in and taking out ingredients. Do you keep a, a, a notebook or a diary or something of what you eat every day? Yeah, we're talking about when, when I used to be serious. Is that right? Yeah, when, when you're going for, for your yeah. best physique. It, it, what, Absolutely. I, I would weigh every single food and i would also write down in a logbook each of my top lifts so i make sure that i'm progressive overloading each week and actually improving okay and then uh, and then with the recording your food and everything and measuring it do you do that 100 percent when you're bulking or is it uh 100 only when you're cutting or or you're always doing that yeah that's a good question definitely 100 when i'm cutting I think when you're bulking, um, in terms of living a bit more of a lifestyle, 
I think you can have that 80-20 rule and you can definitely get away with one free meal a day and just live life a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, I because at the end of the day, if you're obsessing, you know, every single 365 days out of the year over heating up your meal every two hours or, you know, this, I, I think there is a bit more to life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that actually makes me have a question for you. What about when you cruise? Do you kind of take that approach when you when you uh, take a what do you I don't know? Do you do PCT or do you cruise on steroids? Um, I believe if you're going to get off forever and never ever come back on again, you should PCT and get your hormones back. Mm-hmm. But if you're if if you're going to get back on cycle at some time, which most people will you're far better off keeping your levels stable and, you know, doing something like a 150 milligrams of test a week while you get your, your bloods done and get your health and your lipids back before you, you blast again. Got it. So you're, you're more of a cruising fan than a PCT fan between cycles. Definitely. Definitely. I, I think it's a lot superior. I think a lot of people are starting to do it. When you when you uh, go on the cruise, is do you kind of lay back and relax a bit on the diet and the training, or are you still going real strict during the cruise? No, I go as hard as I can because at the end of the day, that's where everyone loses most of their size because they think, you know, if they don't have stuff in them, then they can't get results. And that's where you should actually put in more intensity because that's where you want to hold what you've 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 actually made through the cycle. So then basically you maintain that through your cruise. And then when you cycle again, you get ahead. So it's kind of like you're constantly getting ahead. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you were to cycle, put on 10 kilos, and then you go, oh, fuck it, I'll slack off when I'm off cycle. That's where majority of people lose it all. Yeah, especially when they go off cycle, Yeah, when they don't cruise. It definitely falls off. 100%. So I believe you should maintain your intensity 100% when you're off. Do you uh, think that it's more important to use a lot of gear when you're bulking or cutting? Or do you need to use a lot of gear when you're cutting? Are you a low doser for cutting? That's a really good question. I think definitely more gear is implemented as you cut and the deficit becomes more and more. And there's more chance of muscle loss and, you know, risk of actually losing muscle due to low calories and fatigue. Like, uh, Trembolone is probably, probably Trembolone and Primobolin are the most used steroids for like preventing muscle, uh, loss. Maybe, maybe Winstrel and Anivar could be added in there too. You know, when you're really getting north towards the end, all those ones stop the protein, uh, getting getting recycled or leaving your body what kind of dosages do you think work for what's the most important one for keeping the muscle? um for what sorry oh trembolone is is the goat of all all steroids it is it is the most powerful steroid i don't care what anyone says but it also comes with the most side effects so that's something you have to weigh up and i think it just comes down to a personal preference and um, whether you want to deal with some of those side effects, but if 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 you just want the best results at the quickest time, number one drug is Trembolone. And when 
uh, cutting, what is what is the dosage of Trembolone that works? Man, I think it's actually very misinterpreted. I think a lot of people try use too much and it actually works a lot better at a lower dose. You get the same result, but without the side effects. Mm -hmm. So what I would do is what you explained before. I would have my testosterone as a base, for example, and then I might have my Decker or my Masteron really, really high as they're a lot safer drug. And then I would sit my Trembolone very, very low at 100 to 200 milligrams a week is all you need, just enough to for the drug to work. Oh, very interesting. So you're the exact yeah. same approach. That's that's what you're doing. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people go, oh, I'll do 600 milligrams of trend. I realistically think that you're wasting 400 milligrams on another compound that you could use that could, could synergize a different pathway, but without the side effects. Uh, and, and DECA, is that one for you? You're, you're a really big fan of DECA? Um, it's, it's individual, but I like it. I think it's a very versatile, great drug, great for the joints. Um, some people have libido issues, but I, I think it's a safe drug. You know, it's prescribed by doctors. Mm -hmm. And do you, do you need to use cabergoline with it? Because uh, a lot of guys, if they use any 19 nor even, even a hundred milligrams, they'll get uh, sexual dysfunction unless they're using a uh, cabergoline. Yeah, once again, I say with, um, you know, um, however you pronounce it, how do you pronounce it? Uh, you know, it, these medical terms, I think you can pronounce it many ways. So cabergolin, cabergolin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so with, with caber um, and arimidex, I always just say to someone or a client is just have it on hand. Have it if you need it, but don't use it if you don't need it. Uh, that's good advice because uh, that one in particular is a bit dangerous for having a high lifetime dosage used. Yeah. Once again, these drugs like Arimidex, Kaba, uh, Nolvidex, um, people don't realize these drugs are very, very bad for you. Very, very bad for your lipids. So you want to use them as least as possible. If not, not use them at all. How do you use the AI? Like, uh, like, do you do you take it on a schedule? Do you dose it on demand? And how much is normally necessary on a normal dosage of testosterone? I I don't use Arimidex and never would use it again in my life. Oh, very interesting. So just AIs in general, I, you, you don't need that. Uh, I would raise my my dose of Masteron. I would decrease mm -hmm. my dose of testosterone, so I'm not producing any um, excess uh, estrogen. And that's all you need. You don't, that's, that's what an AI does. Do you, do you know? Mm, yeah. So the uh, reason people are using AIs is because they're producing too much estrogen, correct? Mm -hmm. So if you drop your testosterone dose, that pretty much solves the problem. Too many people are using too high Definitely. testosterone dose. Definitely. Yeah. Then if you add in a Masteron, which is an, an anti-estrogen itself, you're basically getting the same result without the side effects. Uh, what, so do you like, cause I keep hearing here in Mastron. So that's, is that one of your favorite hormones? Do you, do you really like that one? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very safe hormone and I think it's very versatile. What, what dosage is good with Mastron? 
Um, you can go quite high. You can go anywhere from 300 milligrams all the way up to, you know, 800 to even uh, 800 to 1,000. Yeah, that, I, I think 1,000. That, that's pretty, I, I hear that dosage for guys. You don't, don't need to go over 1,000. But, you know, I usually say I was going to use it again. I would sit at, say, I like, you know, around the, the six to 800 milligrams. Yeah, like with propionate, 100 milligrams per day would be easy with that. Like, I, th I think that's like kind of normal for some guys, like for guys that are really into Masteron to take like a one, one milliliter every day with the Masteron. So that kind of puts them in that range. But with the enanthate, do you prefer the enanthate or the propionate? Ah, uh, propionate. Me, me too. Propionate with everything. So, so, so to get a thousand in that case, then you got to take a half a syringe full every day yeah because usually it's, it's pretty much <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what about the libido man because that's that's outrageous you know once the mastron gets above 300 milligrams per week the libido is just outrageous yeah absolutely <laughs> uh some guys uh they'll they'll be uh ask asking me you know how can i lower it and i say i say take take deca <laughs> But uh, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't affect everybody. Uh, doesn't decrease their their libido. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what is the two PEDs that, if you could only use two, those would be the most important? Um, for for what? That's a very broad question. Well, I'm I'm going to say actually, for, I'll I'll answer it. Uh, yeah. Testosterone and HGH. You cannot beat that combo. Oh, so the bioidentical hormones, the, the two bioidentical natural hormones for, for just 100%. your fitness goals in general. That's the most two that you can't live without. Absolutely. They're, they're, they're the two safest, the two that are meant for human and very effective. Uh, with H with, with HGH, uh, have you have you seen that as a fat burner? Yes, it does work as a fat burner, but it's a slow drug that needs time to get into the system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the you know the HGH two, it's pretty interesting because uh, it is is good for the tendons and the ligaments and the bones and everything too. The people, people absolutely so yeah. many things that it's good for the skin. Um, the ligaments, the joints, uh, it, it is a really good drug. Uh, so I want to leave off today with, with one more question. Uh, a lot of people use gear, but a very small percentage of those people come close to their gym, their fitness goals. Why do you think that is and how can they change that? Um. I think a lack of hard work, you know, any anything in life, you have to put in the work to get the results. Mm -hmm. I think people don't realize how anabolic and how important food is. It is so much more anabolic than steroids. If your food and your diet is not on point, I don't care what substance you're putting in your body or how hard you train, the results will not come. Mm -hmm. and I think people are just 
miseducated with everything, you know. I think it just comes down to uh, putting everything into plan, having a stress-free life, making sure you get lots of sleep. People don't realize how important sleep is for muscle growth and fat burning. And the, num the number one thing I'm going to say at the end is, is time. With or without steroids, you need to realize that this sport is about longevity and it's about consistency. And if you look at any top bodybuilder with really good dense muscle bellies, they've been doing this for year after year after year. Damn, that is so true. The like yeah. what you're talking about about the density that the you know people try to say like old man muscle or uh, muscle maturity. Those those are all words kind of to describe uh, the actual muscle fiber look rather than that just blow up on cycle and be big for a few days or a few months look. Yeah, absolutely, brother. It's 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 if you at the end of the day, brother, if you're going to put on ten kilos in a week like you can with Dianabol or Anadrol, realistically, it's not muscle. Do you know what I mean? It's really not muscle. Yeah, a huge uh, amount of intramuscular water. 100%, and that's where people go wrong. They, they, I would rather use a drug like Anavar and something where you see the clean gains than to throw something in and just put on a bunch of water, raise my estrogen, raise my acne, increase hair loss, get moody, you know, fry my liver. It's all about, it's more about the longevity. Man, you just now like scared the shit out of like all the natties who were listening to this. About <laughs> <taking> steroids. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? I just want to help people, bro. It's their decision if they want to take or not. But um, I'm just giving, you know, straight, honest advice. Do you think it's a good, a good thing to, to, to take them? Or do you think it's, it's better not to? Depends on your goal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, so, so what, what if a guy's in, in his, his, uh, he's 25 years old and he, he's thinking, should I do this or, or no? And he, he's got bodybuilding goals, but you know, he doesn't want to make it his life and his career. He's just, he, he's just a, an enthusiast. Um, no, I don't think it's needed. Maybe a little bit of testosterone. Um, other than that, just get your diet, train very hard and, um, yeah, you, you don't need uh, anything additional if, if it's not your main goal and you just want to just look good and feel good. That's good insight from somebody who's used steroids and knows, you know, that it's not just a easy thing that you just take and some little decision. Sounds like you, you think it's a big decision to take it. I think it is because I know once you get on, that's when like any drug, you get addicted to the high. And it's a, hard for a lot of people to get off. So you're better off not getting on in the first place and just realizing that it's going to take time. All right. So that's going to be the last uh, question for the podcast today. It was fun talking to you guys. And uh, I'll be coming up with another episode for you guys uh, real soon here. So make sure to go pick up Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. You know, if you just go to bodybuilderinthailand.com, it's, uh, I think, I think it's the first article on the homepage where you can check it out and read like 20 pages. It's definitely worth it. It's my best content. You know, if you like the podcast, the book will blow you away.